Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie show. Well, hello, everybody. Chuck Bonnell, Julie Hayden, uh, True Straight Up, brought to you by... The show, the Chuck and Julie show, brought to you by, by a Mountain West Wellness Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, HappyTrees.co, and Denver Cynogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. Um, we, great, uh, great... Wait, um, let, me, let me tease Brian Jundep. Okay, at, okay. at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have Dr. Brian Jundep who's going to talk to us about this whole hashtag died suddenly. He uh, says, you know, just as a medical professional, I'm just saying this might be something we we should look into but want to start off with well i want to start with the super bowl you're just great <laughs> just a great super bowl i'm rooted against patrick mahomes except for this game good move by me for the last game and he did <laughs> he did just just tremendously but the one i talk about is ron gronkowski was hitting going to kick a field goal from the 25 in the middle of the field 25 is an extra point any healthy human being. I mean, I used to be a kicker. Come on, no, I, I can kick a hundred out of a hundred under those conditions. You know, nobody rushing you, no coordinating between the snap and the holder and all that. But so that was an amazing flop by Ron Gronkowski. But we'll talk about a huge success. We've got Vicky Tonkins, who blew them off the wall, our hero. Uh, El Paso County against every grassroots smack down the rhino. The rhino establishment jerk, the the crooked KBB party chair, and everything else. And, and she got Dave Williams with us too. And we also have her, Dave Williams, the winningest bonus member down there. So I was the biggest at Adams County, unless until the recount tonight. Who knows? Well, go. Uh, but Vicky, it's great to have you. This is such a thrilling victory for you. You're just a great fighter. You never give up. Oh, she's frozen. Whoop, there you go. Whoop. Oh, we knew this was going to happen. Hey, Vicky, let me do this. If there was a great introduction. So, so we'll, we'll redo it. If you could go ahead, maybe, and turn your camera off, and we'll just have the audio. Um, are you there? I'm here. And Dave, we'll bring you up in a second to talk about KBB's role in all of this. But so what happened for folks who aren't aware, in El Paso County, the grassroots have been growing strong and doing a great job under the leadership of the county chair, Vicki Tonkins. And um, the, the establishment people have created that, so they have set up their own sort of fake Republican Party. With the support. Of the st- uh, county Republican Party support of the state chair and vicky said do it bring it and so she goes down there and she clobbers them anyway it is a great grassroots vicky uh, victory vicky and you know i get just your thoughts on on how it all turned out well i'm glad it turned out the way it did it was really difficult you know just waiting you know on courts and different things like that i i i disagree with the decision by the court I do believe that um, the state party overstepped. Uh, The state party should not be interfering with what is going on, whether it's a little spat or whatever in a county. And I think that is how. Exactly. Well, you're still breaking up a little bit. Well, let me bring. 
Uh, we didn't prevail like we wanted to. But you won with the count. I mean, you won the vote, which is what really matters, right? Yes. I mean, that's which, what really matters. Exactly. And that's bring Dave Williams and former representative Dave Williams. I always just describe. Leading bonus member for El Paso County. <laughs> the most important that's position, right. past the chair. <laughs> hey, Dave, why, don't, why don't you comment on what happens? And I mean, you know, the last time we had you on the air, you didn't pull any punches talking about um, chairperson um, Christy Burton Brown, the state chair. What your thoughts on all of it? Sure, sure. Well, first off, I just want to thank you guys for having me on the program. I'm happy to take a break from work here and discuss the uh, the tremendous victory we had on Saturday. Um, you know the, what the one thing the one <laughs> what, thing what, what that work? I would highlight the the one thing I would highlight about um, what happened Saturday and and how it relates to KBB is that no one believes for one second that this was all about you know, election integrity, that this was about having some sort of um, fair, quote unquote, um, uh, you know, neutral party come in and run uh, this election. This was always about violating our autonomy and, and for the strict purpose of removing Vicki Tonkins from the chair position. That's all this was working towards. And, you know, we certainly suffered some setbacks during the course of the lawsuit. You know, that judge uh, dismissed the case on jurisdictional grounds, so she never actually ruled on the merits. Right. Um, that was still a blow, uh, but, you know, to Vicki's credit and everyone else uh, wanting to help her, we redirected our effort, efforts towards the, uh, to the illegal but yet sanctioned state party meeting, and we won. And, you know, I think it's a it's a good sign that the grassroots is alive and well in El Paso. And it was a huge rebuke against the state party and KBB and those that would try to undermine, you know, our self-governance, undermine the grassroots. Well, and Vicki, let me ask you about this. I mean, this is no small deal when you talk about El Paso County. It's um, it's the largest and it is the most Republican, I think. Am I not right? Of all the counties. So this is a huge Republican. Has more Republicans. Yes, more Republicans. Yeah. I mean, and the establishment was just trying to take control away from the grassroots. Well, they have been for four years. I mean, Vicky's been in. They, they've tried every dirty thing they had. Uh, they protested her last election, saying it was seven votes. Um, Peggy Stapleton, who came up here. And, and Peggy ran, Probst. Okay. Uh, it's now called Peggy Probst. Um, they tried to have her censured and did have her censured by the state central party um, and had her condemned for, I don't know, COVID remarks or some other garbage. Um, they She held a Lincoln Day dinner. They held the same one the same day, except she, she got a much bigger uh, amount of money and everything else. The state party directed all funds for the candidates down to Carol Peak Republicans. I mean, it was a rigged process. And and I think KVB has to be um, brought to to bear for that rig process, even though she's leaving the, the chair to do some dirty work elsewhere. Uh, what do you think can be done, Dave? Um, well, moving forward, uh, we need to, you know, certainly take over the party. Um, whoever we end up supporting um, in the chair's race, or you know, any of the officers for that matter. We need clear commitments from them that they won't try to pull this kind of nonsense again, number yes. one. And then number two, for long term, 
uh, strategy, we need to pass, you know, a rule within with our own bylaws that pretty much state that the state can't just step in whenever they feel like it. That you know, you'd think it's already in there under party controversies, but Christie, you know, tried to play games and she effectively lied to the central committee. She said it was it was not a controversy, but in court she said it was. And that's a part of the reason why the, the judge, you know, dismissed on jurisdictional grounds uh, was because it was, well, this had to deal with the controversy within the context of the regularity of the organization. Well, she lied to everyone. She lied to the, to the entire state central, you know, committee by saying it wasn't. And so now we're going to have to go back uh, and change the rules and make it very clear whether it's a controversy or not. Right. Um, all of these disputes need to need to be resolved at the local level first in a in a formal process. Um, because what what happened here, you know, the, it does subjugate all counties to the state now. Any tyrant right. chair can come in and say, "I'm going to do whatever I want." And you can't do anything. Otherwise, well, take she, me did, to court she did the same thing win. in Adams County. She did the same thing in Larimer County. She did say the same thing all across the state. Well, no, um, only in grassroots counties. Well, grassroots counties. Right. There you go. Um, Vicki, uh, are you going to be there on March 11th for the state? Absolutely with bells on. All right. All right. People, because you just have been so great through all of this. I mean, I should point out, this is not a paid position being the county chairperson. Um, and it is a lot of work, um, a lot of great. And, and why don't you explain, Vicki? I mean, there have been so many times for this with the establishment just continually attacking you and viciously attacking you in the media, on social media. Well, with the help of the media. With the help of the media. Why? Talk to us about why, because it is so heroic of you, really, why you persevered, why you say, no, I'm, I'm not giving up. Well, the main reason is because of the people in El Paso County. Yeah. One of the things that was brought up was getting rid of uh, precinct leader, you know, positions, right. which I adamantly opposed. Right. Because I think what they thought in their minds is that I am going out and I'm recruiting these people and I'm signing these people up and I'm not being open about it. Well, here's the thing. After caucus, we had several caucus meetings that weren't even filled by precinct leaders. So we don't want to keep those positions vacant. We want to fill those positions so more people can be involved. So their, their, their most attack was getting rid of these 67 precinct leaders. Right. Why? Right, because, but you have every right to. Because, to, to yeah, I mean, yeah, because in 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 our in our bylaws, it's very clear on who the vacancy committee who can appoint, and we have a process where it takes two officers to complete that. We don't have one signature line where you know we have all these people in. We had all kinds of documentations of every single person they questioned. We actually went through every single one of those people they re they uh, were called to question. And I got to say this, and I want to say it before I forget, Gregory Carlson, there was a lot of people that were very concerned if he was going to be fair. I was yeah. one of those, and I told him that. He has asked me, did did I feel, this is early on, did I feel that he uh, was fair to me? And I said to him, you were on some things and you were not on others. And he says, I get that, I, I get that. One of the things I will say is he was fair that day. Okay. He fought 
with me, along with another person who sat on that committee, Judith Jurgensen, to make sure that those precinct leaders were not kicked off just because somebody said, well, we weren't made aware. Okay. If you were aware that you had vacancies in your district, you were keenly aware of that. And for you to wait almost six months or longer before you even thought to fill those precinct positions, don't tell me you cared about it. Yeah. So we had people all over our central committee who had made the pledge to me. This is not something I asked of them that they were going to fill those precincts. So to go from 35% fill rate to 85% in almost two years, I'm not going to let anybody mess with that. These people work hard. Good for you. Daily. And here's my question to you and then today the same thing. So in the end is everything there is from the establishment rhino point of view, power and money involved here. Uh, my guess yeah. would be they're not going to say, well, I know we've been trying this for years, but I'm Eli Brown. I'm just going to go away now and go grassroots. I mean, first you, Vicky, and then Dave, do you think? <laughs> They're going to go away, or what do you think is? What are they going to do to you next? Well, it includes the congressman from that area, yeah, it includes really Wayne Williams, who's running for mayor against Teague Teagan and, and some others. Well, I just find it very funny that um, the whole day on Saturday, coming from the other side, was unity, unity, unity. We need to come <laughs> together. We need to stop the infighting. We need to do all this and that. And I'm thinking, I've been trying to work with you guys for almost four years now, and you're still saying the same message, and you're still doing the same thing. You're running to the media, and you're talking about me like a dog, uh, and most of these guys I've never had a conversation with. So I'm like, if you're going to continue that, there's not going to be unity as long as you keep doing that. My mom had saying, what happened in our home was in our home. You didn't go out and spread it to all the neighbors. Well, stop spreading anything that you don't like to all the neighbors. And now, I don't know if you're aware but did you know that I rigged this meeting as well? Oh, you, you and Greg? Greg you and you stole from your <laughs> Yeah, of Good. Yeah. I'm like, really, guys? I had nothing to do with any of the process of this except asking for certain things to be put in place to make sure it was fair. Right. Gregory Carlson agreed to those. He said this makes sense. He allowed us to write motions about certain things that we thought needed to be kind of more secure. He supported both sides, if we want to say that, to make sure that everything was done fairly. And so I appreciate that, but I had nothing to do with the meeting. It was the first time since I've been elected that I sat there. I was not on the stage. I was not going through the agenda with, with everyone. Was it hard? Yeah, for a little bit. And then I realized, Vicky, chill, girl. Yeah, we don't have to do anything today. Enjoy <laughs> this. <laughs> and so I did. All right. Well, and, and they won. And Dave, I mean, what do you think? They they're not going away, are they? They can't. Yeah, no, they're not they're not gonna go away. But real quick, I want to stress this. I, I, I complimented Greg um for his uh for his fair administration of the of the uh meeting on Saturday and and I, I was happy that he was able to work with Vicky as well as the other side to to make sure that really no one could dispute um, right. what happened uh, with respect to the outcome. But with that said, it should never have happened in the first place. The right. the hijacking or the taking over of the county 
party was uncalled for and just because you know greg did a good job doesn't mean that that could that that would happen you know in the future uh, so we gotta we gotta guard against that but to your original question about um whether or not they're going to keep their attacks up yeah they they uh, they will they i mean they when they lost you know they, there were it was a lot of silence but now we're starting to hear more and more uh criticism more and more attacks uh, against uh, Vicky, and she just, you know, laid out one of those attacks. Somehow she rigged it, even though there <laughs> it was their refs, their rules, right? She rigged it somehow. Uh, but I guess at the end of the day, this is a this is a good win. We just have to be, you know, prepared for the next fight that's going to come around, and we expect that they're they're going to look at potentially trying to decharter El Paso. But I I I think the state party. Um, the, the new members of the state party are going to be very hard pressed to go that go that route. So we're we're very optimistic about that fight should it come up. And I think to everybody listening, what they're really trying to do here, they being the establishment, is they're really trying to get rid of us, the voters. I mean, you know, so they tried, they stole the election from Vicky, um, and then she still had more votes. So the next time, you know, they're going to be like, okay, well, we're, we can't let people vote, right? I mean, and they want to get rid of the assembly process. They want to get rid of the caucuses anyway. And that's why, because they don't want to hear from us, Vicky. And that's why, that's why they're so upset at you, because you let the people speak. You do what the people say say and they're like we don't want the people talking we are the elites and we are so much smarter than you you must do what we say right that's exactly right and what i find so amazing i did not send out a letter to everyone until uh friday thursday or friday i can't remember which day it's gonna gotten getting muddy there a little bit but thursday or friday i sent out the call and told everyone listen we're going to discovery canyon that's where we're going to go and I'm sure some people just drop out. Okay. We are going to go there. We are going to go there. We're not. Go- we're going to go there, and we're going to be nice. We're not going to let them kick us out. We are going to have a smile on our face. We're going to say hello to people, and then we're going to win. We're <laughs> going to win on their turf. We're going to win with their people in charge. We're going to win with all the referees on their side. We're going to win this because we, the people, are the ones in charge. They are not. And we're going to behave ourselves and we're going to win everything. And that is what we did. I'd hate to be. Or I'd like to be a fly on the wall when Gregory Carlson called KBB. She said you were supposed to read yeah, <laughs> It's well and did she, you know, um Vicky and then Debbie I have a question for you, but Vicky I mean, congratulations and I did say Okay. So she she did reach out and congratulate you? Well, you broke up there a little bit. Vicky, can you hear us? Yes. Yes, I can. Yeah, okay. I, she sent me a congratulations, and I did say thank you. And I meant it. I meant the thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, and Dave, don't you think Chris Bird? It's like I don't think that was sincere on her part. Do you? It's well, she like- ended it the same way she ended the uh, the meeting, the the crooked meeting she held with the state central committee by Yahoo, uh, a Zoom meeting. Uh, she said, "We need to respect the process." Yeah, you rigged it, and you couldn't rig it, so we have to respect the process. And, of course, they won't because they respect nothing. 
Well, one of the things you know, we felt was really uh, important and we wanted to happen was to have paper ballots, hand counted, yes. and that was that. Yes, that's good. And Dave, you were going to say something? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I can't really, I, I find it hard to believe that the thank you was sincere, but I'll <laughs> let KBB speak for herself on that one. I just kind of chalk it up to, you know, she still is the state party chair, so she has to, you know, put on some sort of positive spin on the stupid decision she you know, made and, and of course the course that she set us on, uh, you know, at the end there, there was a news article in the Gazette and she was quoted at the end, you know, saying this was never about, never about taking over the county, but rather no. just ensuring that everyone could trust the results. Yes. And we all know that's bogus, but what else could, what else could she say? Right. No, no, you know, she's smart for saying that, but it's total fraud. And this way we'll verse it. First, maybe Dave and then Vicky. To a certain extent, though, I think she's done a significant amount of damage to the party, I think. Right. They they preach unity. They preach unity. And she has single handedly gone out of her way, it seems to me, to cause more disunity than than any previous chair. I mean, I, I don't think I mean, the action, the actions I've seen um, so far, you know, as, as her term has come to a close, um, have not been unifying. I mean, this, this all this did was make, you know, the county party and the state party uh, less unified. Um, we've lost, I mean, we lost money because we pursued the, we pursued the lawsuits on both ends yeah. and we're just weaker you know, for it. And so it begs the question why, and I, I can't really answer that, but it's, I'll tell you that if you really, if you really did care about the party, you wouldn't have put it through this kind of pain just because a small fraction in El Paso, you know, demanded it. So. Right. Well, especially um, when they couldn't get reach the required number of signatures to have a meeting. Right. They sent it right. out, not enough people. And I don't know, I forget the quarter or a third you have to get. Uh, didn't get that. Didn't care. So, oh well, a lot of people asked me, so I did it. Yeah, um, no, I don't. It's it's not. It, it's it, you know, it wasn't true. It, no, no one, no one really wanted this. You know, there were only the only people who wanted it were the the fake peak Republicans in El Paso, yeah. Christie's dad, and then Christie. Yeah, we we're all we're all weaker, you know, because of what she's done, and of course she's. She's on her way out. So what does she yeah. care? I, I I guess my message, you know, to the party is let's let's do a better job at electing um, someone who, who won't put us through this kind of agony. Let's focus on Democrats, you know, and, and beat the snot exactly. out of them. Exactly. Okay. And Vicki, your thoughts on that? Well, one of my biggest goals is to continue uh, filling our precinct leader positions, growing the El Paso County Republican Central Committee because it has laid dormant too long uh, for many, many years. And so this is the first time where we've actually seen some progress. And I'm happy about that. I'm proud of the work that we, the people, did here. I take no credit for any of the work that's happened, because these are individuals who love their county like I do, who desire to see things differently, and they're tired of hearing the call for unity, while at the same time they're getting beat up. And so one of the things that they saw in me was I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up just because an elite group of people 
say to me, stop what you're doing. I'm we not like going to stop what I'm doing. And they are, they came out in droves. We had the largest turnout that we've ever had that I remember. Now, Dave may re- remember something differently, but since, you know, the 10 or 12 years I have been involved, this is the largest turnout I have seen at a central committee meeting. We had 444 people wow. participate in this meeting. And we averaged anywhere from 250 to 300. Mm -hmm. And to have that many people say, I've had enough. I'm done. It is time to get away from all this bickering. We want to see this party grow. Vicky's been growing it. Let's get behind her and make this happen. It was. I think it's amazing amazing that that Vicky, that you won by seven votes uh, last time. Um, yes. And after all the attacks, all the garbage, all the innuendo and the crooked politics, you came out winning by over 50 votes this time. That's such a testament to you. Right. And, and this was, you know, I told my team, I told Todd Watkins and I told Adriana Kuva, I said, you know, I, this is going to be my third term. And I said, my first term, it was me and two people who kept stabbing me in the back. My second term, it was me and Cheryl as a secretary and an MIA vice chair. And I prayed to God. I said, Lord, you want me to do this again? All (laughs) I'm asking you for is not only will we win, will not only my team win, but God, it will be the first time that I've actually had people who have my back and will support our constitution, will support our party uh, platform and get the job done. And that's exactly what God gave me. And I give him all the glory. I'm so, so thankful to God for what he did in this. I had people from all over the country, the United States, praying for that meeting on Saturday. And God's presence was there. And I tell you, it brought me to tears what I saw him do on that Saturday. It was God. I'm thankful and I have to give him the glory for it. Well, I'll give a little push back to Dave when he said, we're all weaker for the process. You know, I believe what Nietzsche said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> so you and, and I think, I think, I think you guys have come out of this much stronger. You got a much stronger slate. You got much longer bonus player and on to the state. Cause I'll certainly yeah. be there and, and we'll be there. And, and uh, we've, we've got to get a chairman that uh, won't stab us in the back. Um, all right. Touche too, too Chuck. I stand corrected. All right. Hey, listen, guys, we got to let you go, you know, and you give not only that, but you inspire and give hope to all the rest of us grassroots people fighting similar battles. So El Paso County Chairperson reelected Vicki Duncan. Dave Williams, you guys, thank you so much for your work and for your time today. Thank Thank you for inviting me. All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, guys. Yeah, that that is just great news for all. Oh, it is. Which is keeps the establishment more, so we have to stay vigilant. We're going to switch gears a little bit, and I know there've been a bunch of comments there, guys, and I apologize for not having time to get through them all. But we're going to switch gears now um, and bring on Dr. Brian June Depp. Needs no needs of introduction. Yeah, he's all over the place. Um, But he had a great column. Oh, yeah, two great columns. Right. Well, first up with the one on that quoted Chuck's paper, so he wants to talk about that. Well, of course. (laughs) What a brilliant. What a brilliant uh, citation. I mean, was that in the villager, uh, uh, Ryan? Do I have to pay pay royalties? That's my question. We can can be bought by Tito's. Tito's Vodka. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And then the other column that I want to talk about first was the died suddenly because 
you know, and, and, and I just loved it because I, I'd said this before on a show that, you know, it's like when you're driving down the street and you're looking for a red car, every car you see suddenly is red, right? Where you never even noticed it before. And then died suddenly. It's like people die suddenly all the time. So just as a lay person, it's hard to tell, well, are we just paying more attention to it? Or are, are there, I mean, and it seems to me that the statistics show their excess deaths, but what do you make of it? And particularly, what do you make of the fact that no one, no one besides us seems to be asking these questions? Well, the big question is association versus causation. And maybe these are all coincidental and we're just paying attention to them. Then again, maybe not. Excess mortality is up significantly, anywhere from 10 to 30 plus percent in a lot of countries, as John Campbell has outlined on his YouTube channel, looking at this data. And that's that's clearly not normal. It's not accounted for by COVID deaths. COVID deaths are way down. It's not accounted for by missing medical care or cancer or other things. So uh, it behooves health health authorities to explain it, not just say, oh, misinformation, disinformation, the, the usual mantra or, you know, Russian interference or <laughs> racism or whatever they want to call it. It's the balloons. It's the balloons. It's the train derailments. It's UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> it's everything. Um. But 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 why is this? This this is clearly an anomaly, and yeah, well, you, you would think if we had a CDC and a health establishment that, that really cared about people, um, they'd be, they'd be all over. It. They'd be all over. It. They, they they would be checking. Okay, it's not hard, you know. As you said, excess morbidity. Uh, are these young people? Are all of a sudden lots of otherwise healthy young people dying? And is that unusual? Um, but no, it's just it's just radio silence. You know, oh, well, I, I I was once a teenager as you guys were, and I don't remember kids dropping dead of heart attacks and blood clots and having no, strokes. It, it no, just they shot, we shot happen. each other. We got in car wrecks. Yes. We did good old Americans. Yeah. Traditional. Well, I mean, we got I mean, run over by cars and that sort of thing, yeah. but not. Uh, well, and, I mean, so so this this is this is clearly an anomaly, and it should be investigated. If anything, for. Uh, uh, for the public to know the I cited a Rasmussen survey where uh half of those surveyed and these are not this is not a fringe group this was a, a vaccinated group comparable to uh nationwide vaccination rate so it's not a bias there but half were uh thought that there was a relation between the vaccines and these sudden deaths so it's it's up to the health authorities to say uh, yes, there is something and we're going to investigate it or no. And this is why, instead of just saying, shut up, don't talk about it. Well, and in particular, since they keep shoving commercials down our throats, telling us to go get more booster shots, right? You'd think before they make, you know, try to push everybody to get more shots before they put it on the, uh, the CDC puts it on the pediatric vaccine list, right? Yes. That they mm-hmm. would want to know if there is a correlation. I mean, what do you make of just this blind, this, you know, just a cone of silence that they had have over the whole thing? Well, it's 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 really disturbing, and the public is is waking up. Mainstream media and uh, the health establishment is not uh, dealing with this at all. But people are hearing about these stories because they're chronicled, they're in the news, and people are suspicious and understandably concerned. And the, the health authorities should be talking about it. Where's the CDC? Where's the FDA that approved these? Uh, there, well, there's the, no the problem discussion. Is, the problem is I wouldn't trust them. 
Oh. Uh, you know, if they, uh, you know, well, if they, if that's they, where this is going, that there's, right. there's no trust and, no. and, and someday there'll be another pandemic or health emergency yeah. and the medical authorities will have no credibility. It's the boy who cried wolf. You keep crying wolf about these things. Uh, fess up. If they made a mistake, then say so and say why and tell us how you're going to fix it and not do this again. Not well, just tell right. everybody to shut up and, and you're, you're, spreading misinformation well and it's it's weird that the health industry gets such a pass on this because i mean i imagine if i were an automobile maker and i had a car that was just like taking over and crashing suddenly all the time yeah i mean that there would be some sort of test and then some sort of recall or at least some kind of alert. No, no, you, what you'd get from an automobile manufacturer, they'd try to cover it up. Well, yes. They, they'd give you false statistics and lie about it until they couldn't stop. But you until don't expect minutes, that. There's an expose and we're 60 yeah. minutes. Right. We're sleeping. Yeah. But, you, but you, yeah. don't, you don't expect that from the health department, right? They're supposed to be, I mean, you get a private company wants to make money, but these are the people who are supposed to be on our side worrying about our health. Well, they're on Pfizer's side. Yeah. They're, they're they're clamping down the VAERS data and and adverse events and everything they're they're clamping down and 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 trying to to squash this and it's it's really something you can't do it's like the beach ball you try to push underwater the the more you push the beach ball underwater the more pressure it is to pop up to the surface and this this will eventually and it's it's disturbing and there's 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 data on it there's a big Cleveland Clinic study that showed the more doses of vaccine you had the more likely you are to get covid and then why is that how about an explanation this is the this is the cleveland clinic this is not uh you know some the Chuck uh, and Julie show doing, doing a little survey well do, do people in the medical community are they starting to be able to talk about this a little bit or is it well, still very very little because it's 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 shied upon and if you're employed by the hospital health system no, nobody wants to talk about it because you're you become a troublemaker and it's uh that's reassuring yeah. <laughs> reassuring well yeah, and it seems to me it's a it's a horrible situation because because you're right, right? I mean, they would have to admit how wrong they were. They would have to admit that they didn't do the test correctly, or if they did, they false or whatever, right? They'd have to admit so much wrongdoing. But it is disturbing that they would rather see people just dying suddenly and dropping dead than they would to fix it. Well, they're they're doubling down. So rather than admit, say, "Hey, we were wrong," and this is why we were wrong, uh, and they're plausibly they could explain this it was a health emergency we didn't know any better and, and this is this is the right. information we had and we had tough decisions to make well make the case then at least whether that's right. believable or not i don't know but at least make the attempt rather than just say this is all disinformation and you know go away and don't talk about it well right. it's, it's worked so far it worked with <laughs> yeah. russia it's worked with ukraine the problem is every every one of these unexplained deaths it's it's somebody it's a family member it's a brother a sister care. a child and it's care. devastating to those people and they're not care. getting answers right well every person who dies in ukraine is devastating but does anybody care no, no. well yeah no. but you don't expect them to give you a vaccine i mean if at least in ukraine there's a certain amount of you know you enlisted or something particularly if you no, no. enlisted no that's not for the ukrainian Uns- army unscripted is the, the, the term they went to junior high school no, and, and, and dragged you out Seriously. they enlisted i'm <laughs> the american um, but with this too when you given uh, i mean 
given all of the places that force people to get vaccines, if you wanted to travel, if you wanted to be working, they still there, do. If you wanted, they yeah, still yeah, do. Right. You have to. You have to. Ha- you had to have the vaccine. Um, you know, it seems to me. I don't know. It, it, it's just an extremely disturbing thing, and and all it does is make I think in, increase an increased distrust, not just in because you're like, if the health department would lie to me, well, I know the politicians lie to me. You know, I know, you know, the Pentagon knows what those balloon things are. I mean, it's just, I think, d- dangerous to have well, this. It, this. This has destroyed faith in, in all government institutions. Not that it was that high, but yeah. you find out the FBI, the Department of Justice, the Defense Department, DHS, they're all all colluding with social media to suppress information. And that's what, what that's very Soviet. You have yeah. a state-run <laughs> media. Well, and particularly when the result, the consequence is death, right? It's it's one thing when it's just, okay, I have the wrong thought on Trump or something like that. But but it's like when I'm trying to decide, well, should I take this? Shouldn't I take this? What are my risks? And you realize that you can't trust anything they say. That's well, we're not, we're not getting good information and they're not being upfront with these adverse events. And, and they have to be. They have to disclose this. Any other drug, imagine. I mean, you you look at uh, uh, Vioxx and thalidomide and all sorts of other drugs that caused problems in the past. Once they realized that they took quick action and stopped them. Right. And so now we're getting super. Well, flat. now right. you kind of wonder whether they did. <laughs> you know, I mean, as, have all these institutions used to be honest, yeah. or are we just discovering what? Well, they, they I mean, the, F, the FDA, the last nine of the last ten FDA commissioners are working for big pharma now, and some. Well, there you go. Yeah. We can trust them. We can trust them. It's, it's a revolving door, and there's there's big fees involved and money, and it's it's it, it really doesn't inspire confidence that the FDA is so difficult. I'm involved in a lot of clinical trials, and it's very difficult, time-consuming, expensive, rigorous to get a drug approved. And these are drugs that work relatively well and save eyesight, for example. And then these others are just rushed with very, very little testing and very little oversight and nothing to see here. If the drug I was using was causing problems very quickly, it doesn't take much to get something recalled or temporarily pulled off the market. We see that frequently. Right, just let you guys know. Well, let me. Well, let, let's go to his other article, who is sure. citing from an unimpeachable source, <laughs> um, the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle. <laughs> no disinformation. Why don't you tell us about the column? Well, it's it's about the the crime rate in Denver and how Denver has become a crime capital of America. And in terms of violent crime, property crime, Denver is ahead of Chicago and New York. And who'd have thunk that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you two represent Chicago and New York. Yeah. (laughs) Denver's like, only the football team was as good. And then there was, I was reading in the Denver Post over the weekend, they had, um, and why I read the Denver Post, I don't know, but um, they were talking about how all these Denver schools, all the students are gone, so they're going to have to close all these schools. And they couldn't figure out why were people leaving the schools. And it's like, because, what are you, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> they're talking about like housing starts are like down like 80% since the first of the year because of affordable housing. I mean, it's all of these policies come home to roost. And anybody who can get out of Denver is getting out of Denver. Um, so then uh, there, there are no kids to go to school there. I mean, they, I don't know why the city management, you know, and, and then all the mayoral. Because they're moving. They're also yeah, getting out of Denver. Denver. He's all set up now, I'm told, the mayor, 
um, to Hancock. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna live in the, uh, Miami South Beach. Already got the place. It's all set. He's getting the hell out of town. He's going to good old Florida. It's there. Yeah, and it's that's well, unbelievable. I mean, kind of every policy he had is contrary to DeSantis. Everything he did is contrary to what Florida did, and he wants to get out of the hair and from this hellhole <laughs> he created in twelve years because he knows that the thankful citizens will not be thankful. Yeah, well, they 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 know all the politicians that are against school choice are exercising school choice of where they put their kids. Right. And all the politicians in D.C., their their kids are at Sidwell or, you know, one of these fancy schools in D.C. They're not in the D.C. public schools. Well, you know, and- Barack Obama was, oh, you know, school choice is bad. But where did his girls go? They yeah, didn't right. Go to city school. Well, and, you know, it's not hard to understand when you have these progressive policies, judges don't require bail no matter what the crime is, mm-hmm. unless it's like first degree murder, and you let criminals back out on the street. It doesn't take them very long to figure out there are zero consequences. And then in the meantime, you have the drug situation, the homeless, which aren't really homeless, but you have all of that going on. And in the meantime, then, you know, where do they think all of these unemployed homeless people get money to buy their drugs? Well, they're stealing from people. They're carjacking people. I mean, they're victimizing people. And mm-hmm. and we're supposed to all pretend that that doesn't matter. You know, we were driving down and I saw there are these stores and they used to have kind of like nice sidewalks. Instead, they have like weird because you can't officially barricade it. So it looks like sort of it's chronically under construction with stuff there. So homeless people don't build their homeless cities there. I mean, that's just insanity. And yet, all the Denver mayoral candidates are like, oh, well, that's no, we can't get rid of that. No, we can't get rid of that. Yeah, you, no, they, they should be asked about these things. And I don't know where the, the Kyle Clarks of this world are. Why aren't they asking about what's going on with crime? You're you're running to to be leader of uh, crime capital of America. It's turning into San Francisco. And it's it's really disgusting. And and nobody wants to talk about it. It's like, oh, everything's OK. But these people are living in suburbs or gated communities or somewhere where they're safe but the average person living in denver is not it's it's the the drugs the theft the violence 16th street mall are there any businesses that are still open there probably not it's it's i mean it's like kind of like the bowery in new york when i was growing up it was like no man's land well and the problem is too because the city refuses to deal with it it, it, it will only get worse, right? Because so now more people move out and, you know, the, the downtown is deserted. Like you said, if you're a store, do you want to open to the 16th, 16th Street Mall? You'd be like, there's no business here. And so it's exactly. going to get worse. I mean, you look at other cities, Detroit, places like that. But I mean, that's a sad thing. It'll get worse before it gets better, I think. It's a vicious cycle. They lose their tax base and that just makes things worse. Well, and it's sad, you would think, that that's what the Merrill Royce would be about. How do we get our city back? How do we get the downtown back? And it's none of that. It's how do we do affordable housing? Uh, how to, how to increase our help to the homeless? How to, how to have drug injection sites on the streets and and that and that's making restaurants have to give their wait staff these outrageous yeah. requirements. Have you seen some of those bills where they have to, you know, they they get to they get to submit the shifts they want right. and they have to be given the shifts they want. They can't change a shift except for two weeks out. And and you know the restaurants are like, okay, we're just going to close. Let's see if I'm a restaurant, you yeah. know, where do I want to open? It's crazy. Oh yeah, they're 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 not going to stay. Businesses are going to leave. Restaurants are going to leave because it's a Money losing proposition. You make it too expensive to do business and too dangerous. Customers aren't going to go. Who wants to go eat downtown Denver? No, no, I'd be curious to see what happens. I mean, I'm sure there are places that are still 
there, but I, but I think as you said, once once the exodus starts, it continues, and I think and it picks up speed. And well, the mayor's race is going to be Kelly Bruff versus Lori Lightfoot, or some ver- version of Lori Lightfoot. That's the, I think those will be the two final ones. Well, she's well, Chicago, Lord, Lord, not Lori. You mean you mean um, Lisa Cal- Cal- Calderon? Lori Lightfoot. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of Lori Lightfoots, and that'll be yeah. it. And 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 Kelly Bruff didn't inspire anything, you know. Oh yeah, let's let's. Uh, bulldoze whatever remaining parks let's drain wash park let's i mean she's just she just owned and operated by the developers so. i think they said that you know where denver's newest city park is where this is crazy it is a stretch of land along pena boulevard it's like what all right, all right. Yeah, everybody hangs out there yeah. <laughs> like you can even get there it's like me now what about the park hill golf course i mean we have parks right well, but not you know, a lot much longer i sell those are developers and since you can't develop in that strip of land yeah. along yeah. Pena Boulevard, seriously, no, I, I don't i don't see this changing and at a state level too and you've got solid democrat leadership all across the board and and these are the policies they're they're focused on gender and critical race theory and all this stuff that's that's not going to bring business in it's it's all virtue signaling meanwhile people are voting with their feet they're going to leave and businesses will leave and not relocate look what's happened in chicago how many businesses have left there boeing relocated and then they promptly left right and then the schools start to suck and so then businesses don't want to relocate and people i mean and the more the schools are bad the worse they get because nobody wants to go there and then they complain because well stapleton and all they have our charter schools and i'm like you think (laughs) you know really think it you know and why is it brian you think they must know do they just I, I mean, to me, I, I just don't understand why somebody doesn't say, you know, these homeless encampments all over the place with people shooting up drugs right in the, I mean, right in front of my business. That's just not good for business. Why is it, do you think, that um, that nobody's doing anything about it? Well, politically, it's easier to ignore it and uh, condone it. Uh, San Francisco, Portland, uh, Seattle, all these cities do that. And it's it's it's. Yes, they should know better because it's quite obvious, but never ascribe to, uh, you know, deliberateness that you can ascribe to incompetence. It's, it, it's, it's, I, d- I don't know why. It's, yeah. it's, it seems very obvious. And you, you look at a national level and so many policies that are clearly destructive, yet that's what they push. Yeah. Well, um, and- Maybe there, just- there, there are some dumb members of Congress, but there are also some that, that have a degree of intelligence and they have to know that these policies are not working and that are making things worse. But in their quest for power and, and money and position, uh, they're they're taking the path that's going to get them reelected. Yeah. But why would who, who wants to take a stand against this? How, how would a, a, a mayoral candidate that's like, no, oh. this is bad. We're going to stop this. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd have the media hounding them out. And, and, you know, and you want to say to people, you know, Alexa, I have a friend who was complaining, you know, this was last summer about this homeless couple that well, it was, they weren't really homeless. They had a car and they lived in the car right in front of her house. And they used her front lawn as a toilet and cooking facilities. And I just looked at her. I'm like, elections have consequences. You know, who did you vote for? What did you, you know? So oh, sure. You know, in, a, in a democracy, people get the government they deserve. So this is uh, Denver residents are voting for this. And uh, so I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for those that have voted for this and now don't like it. Yeah. 
Hey, listen, Brandon, I think. Well, I, I, why do you, you know, I'm never sure that people are voting like this because I've watched. <laughs> well, I have. I mean, I've watched. I've watched how, how all the politics in the state changed once you had mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting, which you can yes. raise. And, and all of a sudden, it isn't people who care going down on a Tuesday and voting and stuff. It's, it's where the Working Families Party and other, other corrupt organizations can harvest the most ballot for the most radical candidate. Um, I really think if you had a free, fair election, you would not have these people being elected. That's a good um, point. Yeah, good you point. know, it was 12 years ago, uh, you know, Hancock was not much of a favorite. Um, it could have gone either way. Uh, and, and now all we get are, are Kelly Bruffs and, and the Lori Lightfoots. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me. And it's amazing to me that the business community, um, doesn't get a better candidate than Kelly Bruff. Right. Um, well, coincidentally, that's when the state turned from, from red to blue is when yes. the, the mail in ballots. And now it's, now it's a solid blue state and we're very much like California. Yes. We have to fight back. Well, listen, Brian, I see I've got I see Casper Stockham's here, so maybe we'll give Casper a chance to pop in. But Brian, I want to thank you yeah, for coming my on. Pleasure. Love, I love it. Keep citing that great newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> hey, was that in the villager? Was that article in the villager? Yes, yes. All right, yes. all right. I, I do still the write for the villager among other places. So <laughs> all right. Brian, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. See you guys. Thanks. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And then um um is that you can't Casper, we only have about a minute left but i see you pop in pop in I pop out you have a purpose so i'm i'm happy to say casper stockham everybody and welcome to the pop thank you for popping in at the show yeah yeah i know we don't have much time but i just wanted to chime in you know right now there really is only one congressional uh congressional <laughs> candidate for Colorado state gop chair who is in line with what we're all talking about the grassroots uh, unfortunately, my opponent has been co-opted by money, big money, and with big money comes big strings. So uh, there's no way, if Eric gets in there, that that any of the stuff that we want is going to is going to happen. It's going to continue to be bad for us as grassroots conservatives. So um, I may not be the the candidate everybody wants, but I am the one <laughs> everybody needs right now. Well, I have to say, I mean, I'm getting all these uh, Eric Audlin ones and on how he is, you know, just loves the caucus system. How he, I mean, he's taking every grassroots position and adopting it, adopting it. And nobody, I don't think anybody believes him. I mean, I don't believe him. Do you? (laughs) No, no, (laughs) no. You know, I, I've known Eric for three years when he came to my doorstep. um, Yeah to get involved in politics. And the Eric right. that we see today is not the Eric that showed up at my door. And that, that, was, just Eric few, was, yeah. that was just a few short months ago. Well, two short years ago. Okay. Um, when he was an independent. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was independent. He was America first. He was a, uh-huh. he was a patriot. I mean, he was like gun hole for Trump and the whole deal, but he's been co-opted. Unfortunately, you know, it, it's sad to see it, but I've seen it firsthand. He's been co-opted by Patrick Davis and others. And, you know, he is literally the establishment now uh, I agree. Uh, in the sense of connected with the big money to where it's not going to be him running anything. It's going to be the big money running everything. I agree. All totally. Right. All right, Casper. Thank you. For thank you, Casper. Pop in. I appreciate it. Hey guys, I see some people want to comment. I hate to cut you off. Um, and I think it's Johnny and I, uh, Johnny, I know you might want to say something, but can you come back on Wednesday? 
because we're running out of time here now. Okay. All right. So, because I think Johnny's running for mayor or something in, in the city of Denver. So we want to give oh, him a okay, chance to sure, talk. Yeah. Sure. So, but in the meantime, thank you to Dry, Dr. Brian Junedep, to Vicki Tonkins, and um, to Jay Williams uh, and uh, our staff, our staff at the BBC, BBS, <laughs> BBS, the BBC. <laughs> BBS and uh, everyone else. So take care and we'll, we'll see you on Wednesday. All right. Bye, everybody.